0: Football Outsiders, we have the free agents. Uh, I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders. Welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream for Thursday, March 17th, 2022, St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, some of us are kind of trying to wear green a little bit. and Wearing all of green under here. Anyway, it's our Mike's, – Mike's got the green on. He's ready. The rest of us eh, – in, not so much. Joined by Mike Tenere, as always. Kale Clinton is here. J.P. Acosta is here. And we're going to talk all about free agency so far. I think uh, what's remarkable to me about free agency is how many guys haven't signed or been announced as agreeing to contracts yet. There's still a lot of really good players out there like Tyron Matthew and Teron Armstead and Alan Robinson. And like, I kept expecting this, like this, avalanche of players and then tuesday afternoon into wednesday morning there was hardly anything and then some stuff happened wednesday afternoon and now we're waiting again and i think what we're all waiting for is the deshaun watson trade we and i think some
1: of the free agents out there and some of the teams there's a clog in the drain and it's a deshaun sized clog in the drain
2: yeah and it essentially free up all the other quarterback moves as soon as it gets
0: Right. Once Watson gets traded, then you got to think Garoppolo gets traded. Then you got to think Jameis Winston signed somewhere and maybe Mariota and whoever else is out there. Right,
3: I do find it interesting that the biggest lull we've had so far in the last two weeks of NFL news has come once free agencies officially started. Right. Like the last week of lead up, the two days of legal tampering, just news that like you couldn't stay away from Twitter. Now the league's officially open. It's, it's, you know, Pretty barren for news.
1: Absolutely.
3: So there's a couple of illegal now. Yeah, now it's boring boring to do. (laughs) Everything's legal. legal. That's boring.
0: Yeah, it was really (laughs) fun when it was illegal. It was all
3: about the
1: all about the the risk.
0: (laughs) Now you can have your new quarterback appear at a press conference and wear a suit in your team colors. Oh. Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz did, and Mitchell Trubisky did not.
1: Did he not, I, though? Because they're just yeah, black,
0: I, right? He did not wear a black and yellow suit. He wore
3: just a regular suit. I don't think it's a black, black? It's like royal it's black. blue suit. Good decision on his part. That wouldn't be a good-looking suit. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, Russell Wilson then had all the pictures with Ciara and the family all dressed up like that. And of course that solves all of the problems. Like you look kind of ridiculous. And you put CR in it. Never mind, You're everything looks amazing. Everything's perfect. And I'm not, do, I'm not doing the Carson. I'm not taking the bait on Carson Wentz in the, in the hot dog suit. I'm not taking the bait. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> we'll, 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 have, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Carson Wentz. We, so we tried to figure out how to do this show. There's a couple of ways to do the free agency review. Uh, you can do it position by position, which is what I did when I was on with Mina Kimes on Mina Kimes's podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to go with team winners and losers instead. And we've each picked a team to be our winner and a team to be our loser. So let's go around and talk about the teams that we have chosen. And we will start with Kale. And Kale's
3: free agency winner is? It's Denver. It's just who we were talking about with Russell Wilson. I, I mean, the first thing off that trade is massive. Uh, Denver finally gets a quarterback for the first time since you know Denver kind of lucked into Peyton Manning getting cut with free uh, cut with a neck injury and pick yeah. up. They win a Super Bowl off that. Uh, the my favorite thing about this trade is the fact that they were able to push for trading players instead of pick assets. The fact that they've only compromised or, you know, leverage two years of draft capital instead of kicking it down to the road to three-plus years of draft capital, I think that's perfect. It's a, it's a really tight window for them to be able to do this. And also, some of the moves that they've already made uh, have kind of supplemented the, or, or, yeah, they've filled the holes created by this trade and who they lost. You know, Shelby Harris leaves, goes to Seattle. They fill that right in with DJ Jones, who's built up a lot of momentum since, uh, you know, Fighting for a free agent or fighting for a starting job in 2020, getting some reps in the 2019 run. He played really well last year, playing all 17 games for San Francisco. He looks really good. That's going to be a great run stopping force for that Broncos defensive line. I think Randy Gregory, even though he hasn't played a full season for Dallas yet, he hasn't played a full season between injuries and suspension. I think this is a great supplementary add to this pass rush in a conference that now, you know. Desperately needs pass rushers. That's just kind of the MO with all the quarterbacks you have now. Uh, I, I think it's a great ad. It's a, you know, being able to pry him away from Dallas at the last moment was a really, uh, I, I I think it's going to be a difference maker for this conference and, you know, playing alongside guys like Bradley Chubb. That's going to be a pretty fun front seven going forward. And yeah, they still have a couple holes. holes. Uh, just different, like Randy Gregory stepping up into a role. Now that they have, uh, Kyle Fuller and uh who's the other cornerback? Sertain, they need a nickel back. I, I I was trying to think of the other cornerback who's missing uh that's hitting free agency. Uh, Bryce oh, Callahan. Bryce Callahan. Callahan. Yeah. 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 I think Green Jackson is also a, uh I think Kareem Jackson is also a free yeah. agent. Yeah. So they still have some holes to fill in the secondary. They still have uh, you know, they could probably supplement their offensive line a little bit more, but for where they're standing right now, this is a team where last year we were talking about the only thing that this roster was missing was a quarterback. And if you get your quarterback, especially a guy who's, you know, even in a down year was what 12th in DVOA, 12th in QBR, 15th in DYAR, you know, a top end quarterback, especially getting him at that price point is, you know, that's going to make your offseason. Now I get it. It's the AFC West. and Everyone's this is an arms race now. So it's a little bit different, but I mean, you get your guy, you have the weapons like Javante Williams, you have this really good young receiving core. I think, you know, outside of adding some O-line help, some secondary help, and maybe a tight end in there, I think this is a really great start to free agency.
0: I mean, one of the reasons they were able to trade Fant is that they have Albert O, whose last name I'm not going yep. to try to pronounce. So they do have at least a starting tight end at this point. I think you can get a second tight end in the draft. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, this is definitely. Uh,
1: I, the Broncos went from I don't care to now I really care. <laughs> <laughs> no one should care, but to yeah, I do care, uh, and, and and that's it. And that's a pretty big win for them.
3: Mm-hmm. My my only concern is the fact that they've done all of this and they've acquired Russell Wilson to maybe jump from fourth to third in the AFC West. <laughs> that's that's going to be a murderer's
2: row of a division. <laughs>
0: It feels really strongly like, I mean, they could make it as a wild card, but it's going to be like sixth or seventh.
3: It's going to be a fist yeah. fight. In the, like AFC top to bottom is going to be nuts. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm really excited to watch one conference of football much more than I am the other conference at this point.
1: <laughs>
3: the, NFC, the NFC is Conference USA. Obviously. I don't
0: remember the numbers, but somebody put out a tweet Sewing free agent spending so far this year and it's something like five to six times as much money has been spent by the afc teams compared to the nfc team
1: right. well, oh, the nfc it's like the packers are like we're trying to hold on to everything and the buccaneers are trying to get the, the the Brady crew back together and the saints are spending 20 24 bucks on the Deshaun maneuver here and, and everybody else is just sitting there like, well, we don't have a chance this year. Let's see what happens. Everybody in the AFC is let's push, push, push. Maybe we can keep up with the,
3: uh, you know, the teams at the top. They saw I mean, Brady now you know why back. Brady, I was going to say, now you know why Brady came back. He's not going to leave this league with a two team right. race in the NFC. They saw Brady back. And it's just like, all right, pack it up. We're not even, does not yeah. try this year. It, it,
1: right.
0: Let's leave it alone. Well, we'll get to Tampa Bay in a second. But speaking of the AFC West, J.P.'s winner in free agency is? Is? It is
2: that team, the Los Angeles Chargers. I
0: Yeah, Los Angeles are, Chargers making big moves.
2: They're doing it again, guys. I'm slowly – they're doing it the, every year. They do this thing where, yeah, we start to build faith. Like, this, this is going to be it make the the Chargers happen but everyone gets injured injured or the special teams just turns into complete terrible but I think the moves that they made this year have really shored up their important and most standing like hard press issues especially on the defensive side of the ball first off for Khalil Mack not having to give up their first rounder this year and only having to give up a second rounder for this year and a sixth round next year, that's a huge move for this team. Khalil Mack, despite not being as healthy as he used to be, he's still a great complimentary pass rusher to Joey Bosa. And he's helped out in that run game. <coughs> now you going, you going to add Jackson. Their shoes last, last year were a lot of teams will pick on whoever's opposite Sam Jr. They have a second corner. Move Derwin James around. He can't play corner. Now you have a guy with J.C. Jackson who has the ball skills and the production, definitely number one corner. So you're trotting out Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson, and Derwin James in a loaded secondary. And then I think probably my favorite signing it's Sebastian Joseph. Yeah. I am like Sebastian Joseph Day, stand. I think what he did for the Rams and Brandon Staley's defense when he was there for the Rams in terms of shoring up that run defense – is super important. Like he was one of the heroes this day and last, and now adding Sebastian Joseph Day, they, they don't spend on a Jordan Davis first round draft. They could still do that if they now they can put their needs into somewhere else. And then they went out and re-signed Mike Williams, who's really important. Offense is being kind of their jump ball deep guy, but that all is up for them going to add some more speed in the. Has, they already addressed most of their holes on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, initially, they lost in the and and added Khalil Mack. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I sure left
0: off the graphic by accident, but Mack is just a, a major upgrade on him. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mack Mac is a major upgrade on the and You go and add Sebastian today. You move Jerry out of the lineup completely. And then you add JC Jackson to start opposite of Dante Samuel. Now in the drill, surround Justin Herbert with weapons. You can go get a guy maybe like Jamison Williams from Alabama, or you can go get a right tackle to help Justin Herbert out on the offensive line. They set themselves up to essentially turn, turn themselves into a power in the AF in one offseason. I think it shows you how much Brandon Staley has, I guess, influence of Staley on that team, especially on defense, because now they're starting to look like a brand new Really kind of team where you have the Sebastian Joseph Day run stopper, and then you can have guys like Joey Bosa. You can't double, t- you can't double anywhere. Once you're gonna hit them with a one on one. So yeah. I'm really loving the moves this year. They, they're doing it to me again. I was looking up Chargers this week. Like I, I I'm really feeling it this year. <laughs>
0: Uh CO the legend says they were a few stops away from a playoff spot last year. Yeah, specifically like a couple of spots of Josh Jacobs that would have forced the Raiders to uh, tie that game and they would have had a playoff yep. spot. So they could have stopped. Uh, they the absolutely run. need the but... improvements on defense. I feel like the Chargers need for uh, wide receivers is a little overstated. They've got Josh Palmer, who they took in like what, like the third round last year, mm-hmm. they've got Jalen Guyton as a speed guy. So I actually think – I think they have other needs that are bigger than third wide receiver. They certainly could take Jamison Williams and give him a redshirt year, and then they would be, like, amazing oh in the mm-hmm. future, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, obviously you take Jamison Williams. He's probably not going to help you much in 2022. Uh, you, you've got
1: so many guys available in the third, fourth round who are speed guys, who are slot guys, or you can grab Cole Beasley. He's available right now. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but,
1: you know, I think you, I. S- you, you can. I would say you can give Cole Beasley a shot, but I'm kind
2: of thinking that you you go for the right, you can go for the right tackle, maybe at 17. If maybe Trevor Payne calls, you can slot him in across from Rashawn Slater, and then maybe take a Sky Moore or a Calvin Austin in the, on day two. That would lock that off. It's really, I just want to see Justin Herbert keep throwing 70-yard passes. They're really fast, guys, because those are really those are the really cool plays. That's what we're here for.
1: Love both of those receiver choices, and they'd be there probably late on day two when the Chargers
3: can Yeah, I think adding Mike Williams into this is a huge add just because he played so much more than just the deep target guy, like how he looked in the, uh, you know, before Brandon Staley and uh, – before Joe Lombardi restructured this offense, he, you know, he looked like a more well-rounded receiver and kind of like the first round pick that he was originally drafted as mm-hmm. now. I just kind of see their needs as, yeah, they need someone better than Storm Norton to start at right tackle. They, I I still kind of like the Jordan Davis, just because run defense was such an issue for them last year. Right. Uh, but outside of that, I I still think, you know, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer are good assets to have. I still think this would, this team would be on another level if they were able to add a really top third receiver to this rotation of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But outside of that, it's you know, it's right tackle. Maybe, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day adds a lot to this interior defensive line. That's gonna be good, but maybe an inside <clears throat> linebacker as well, just to, you know, shore yeah. up, just really yeah. shore up this front seven. Because the secondary yeah. is going to be awesome. Secondary is going to be really good in my eyes. Yep. See so, so how the
0: legend turns out, we, we talk ourselves into the Chargers every year, and they are always a key, and they're doing it to us again this year. Absolutely.
1: Because somebody happens. gets six guys get injured the first day of minicamp. That's almost always the case. So uh, let's just, see.
3: You just want to see those powder blues on a big stage. You want to see those powder blues in the Super Bowl. I, I want a powder blue Super Bowl. I'm.
2: I'm not afraid to say it. I'll, I'll get out there, out front, and say powder blues in the Super Bowl. I'll pick the Chargers for every game this year if we just get that. if they press us to wear powder blues in the Super Bowl. I'll pick the Chargers for every they game. They can't.
0: They're the, the. They're the road team. AFC is the road team in next year's Super Bowl. So if the Chargers make it, they'll be wearing white no. unless they play like Dallas. Wow. There you go. Oh no. <laughs> so
3: we'll, we'll, we'll,
0: be it, we'll be getting. We'll be getting. Speaking of the AFC arms race, Mike's winner. Mike also picked an AFC team as his winner, like we really like what the AFC teams did in free agency. So, mm-hmm. Mike's winner is? My te-
1: winner is the Buffalo Bills, who are currently plus 650 to win the Super Bowl in the wake of the, their big signing. Von Miller, obviously. and When you're a team at the level of the Buffalo Bills, it is hard to improve upon a strength. Uh, I believe the Bills were seventh in adjusted sack rate last year. Very good pass rush overall. A lot of it had to be schemed up. It's sort of an all-angles pass rush. There was no one superstar. It's coming at you all the way. Now you've got somebody, yes, an older player, uh, but somebody who was still very effective uh, as of the Super Bowl run for the Rams, and you add that missing piece there. But that's not all. And I'm glad we have it on the graphics here. This whole thing started on Monday morning with the re-signing of Isaiah McKenzie for one year and, you know, $15.50 an hour, the same that you can get right now working at a Wawa. And everybody else is out there. The Jaguars are spending on all these, you know, Christian Kirk level guys. They bring back McKenzie, who was unbelievable late in the season, just as as an explosive weapon. Bring him back for nothing. A lot of what you see otherwise here are somewhat lateral or, you know, you make a move and then you get a guy back. Adding DJ uh, Jones and settle is good. They did have one more guy that Daquan, left. That's, I believe
0: da- that's actually Daquan Jones. formerly Daquan Jones and settle. They lost Phillips, I believe, Harrison Phillips.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't
0: have that on here. And also Jerry Hughes is still a free agent. And my guess is that bringing in Von Miller, they don't. Uh, they yeah. don't keep him, there and obviously was cut too late to make the graphic.
1: Right. So you got you got know, moves. The Broncos went from irrelevant to very relevant. That's significant, so they deserve to be on this list. The Bills went from contenders to, I think, absolute frontrunners, at least in the IFC. And it's hard to do in free agency when you have a stacked roster like this and not fall off. Other teams are falling off right now. I think the Chiefs are falling off a little bit as we speak. Bills are not falling off; they are adding, which is very tricky to do.
0: Yeah, I, I the Von Miller, I mean, they paid through the nose for him. Although it's less yeah. than it sounded at first, it was twenty million a year. It looks like it's actually seventeen point five. Yeah, and then the last two years are some sort of BS years. It's, but yeah, it's tomorrow it's, bucks. Yeah. a lot of money, but it's something that is a like a big need for them and they had the money to do it because of other places where they've saved money. And, you know, they're, they're going to be super dangerous next year.
1: Right.
2: I really do. Know. I really like that Roger Saffold signing. I said it first happened. I love, I love that for the, he feels like there, where he's a nasty, he's a mean guy in the run game. And they need that, especially at the guard position. That was one of their weaker spots on that offensive line. Now you shore it up with an experienced friend, Mike Saffold. He does have a little bit of an injury history. But now you shore up your offensive line on the interior and help protect the quarterback.
1: <laughs> and you're bringing Morse back, as it shows in the thing. You're bringing back Mitch Morse. So you're not, you're not losing pieces on the line which is another yeah. thing that I think they've Part of this is a lot of the moves they made were extending contracts last year the year before. So a lot of their most recognizable players, starting with Josh Allen, are under the long-term contracts. So you don't come in with a lot of needs. You're also not the Packers coming in with a lot of, oh, we better do this and better do this and better do – oh, bye-bye Z'Darrius Jones, bye-bye Billy Turner, et cetera, as you shuffle things. They're kind of like we're kind of in place here, and we can, and so being able to make that big addition without making these subtractions is, for, is, is tricky, and they, they pulled it off.
0: They could use a young corner in the draft to help replace Levi Wolves. Yeah, I mean,
3: Buffalo really didn't come into this free agency with a ton of holes. It was really that defensive interior for me. And I think Tim Settle really shores that one up. Yeah, they can probably go for now a young corner in the draft. I think the biggest move that they've made is shoring up Isaiah McKenzie as the starting slot guy for them. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they're two young receivers. I really fell in love with Gabriel Davis last year. It started for me when he was the only person to catch a touchdown in that crazy gale storm game on Monday Night Football between the Bills mm-hmm. and Pats. And McKenzie showed out when he had that one opportunity to fill in for Cole Beasley in the other Patriots game in Foxborough, where he ended up with 11 catches for 125 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, with Stephon Diggs in the fold, this is a really fun game. Receiving corner, this is, you know, I'm really high on what Josh Allen's going to be able to do. And they can even add, you know, maybe a fourth guy later on a day two with just the amount of receiver depth that there is in this draft. It's not a major position to be, but even adding a fourth guy in there. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And with the two tight ends, they already have, uh, you know, Dalton, Dalton Knox now adding OJ Howard in there. Like this is, this is going to be a very fun passing attack. Yeah. Yeah. Howard's going to be able to just block,
1: just block. OJ Howard, And that's going to be a comfortable role for him.
0: Yeah. All and right. I think, My,
1: what, what, sorry, what? i say, I think on defense, especially like at that corner
2: spot in the draft, I think there are going to be guys available in yeah. the end of round. Yeah. Run. They're going to be, For there's sure. going to be a huge rushes and tackles. So maybe a guy like Kyrie Elam or those guys are going to fall. And I think they're going to slot yeah. it perfectly across with Travis White. Like thinking about Kyrie right. Ky- Elam across with Travis White, that's a really, that's a really nasty combination.
0: Combined yeah, with Boyd, was, here and Hyde and St. Barry, and uh, you just cut out fact all is the way Buffalo it. has corners, so they they don't have to they don't have to draft someone and put them right into the starting lineup. Like they can bring guys along. Uh, my winner in free agency is a free agency and trades is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm not saying that just because of Brady unretiring, because if you think about it, Brady unretiring is not an addition. It's a thing that now they haven't lost. Right. Like it's a thing they already had last year. That counts. That counts. Uh, But they were going to lose Ali Marpet to retirement. And now they've replaced him with Shaq Mason, who Brandon Thorne has as a top five guard in the NFL. And if he's not a top five guard in the NFL, he's top ten. And Russell Gage, as much as I keep waiting for Tyler Johnson to break out because he was such a playmaker, score sleeper, it's not going to happen. Gage gives them a nice third receiver. Right. And then the fact that Brady came back contributed seriously to Ryan Jensen and Carlton Davis re-signing probably for less money than they could get elsewhere. Plus, the deal for Chris Godwin is very cap-friendly for the next couple of years, make, keeps Chris Godwin happy keeps brady happy they are now obviously the like ridiculous favorites in the nfc south (laughs) i think the last couple weeks have gone about as well as you possibly could imagine them going for tampa bay other than marpet like unretiring also yes they're about by the way minus 190 to win the AFC South,
1: I don't think anybody else is up there. It looks like they have <laughs> trying to hedge its bet with the Saints a little bit with the Sean at plus three hundred. I don't think the Saints go up much past like plus two fifty with, uh, with even with the Sean in the fold. I think the, the uh, Buccaneers are going to stay there, and you know, with with good reason. They're running all of this back at least on offense. I think on defense they're going
0: to su- suffer some losses. But right, offense- they lost um, Whitehead, the safety and they still have not re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul and Nadamakong Su, and both of them are probably leaving. But they can make okay. Joe try on a starter, and that takes care of the Pierre-Paul spot.
1: Right. And you've got Vita Vea, so you have somebody there, and you're bringing Davis back. So you have enough there on defense that you're that you're not getting gutted by any means. Yeah.
0: I think things look I mean, really good for Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I
2: really like that Chris Godwin God back. I think – not having him in the playoffs, you could tell they really need a guy like Godwin when it comes to in the run game. He contributes to blocking on those duo runs, and then in the pass game, he does all the dirty in the middle. He gets mm-hmm. open real quick. That's what mm-hmm. brings. So they they needed to keep Chris Godwin around, and they did it for a really good deal to help Godwin and the and the uh, Buccaneers out. So they're basically they're basically kind of my running it back. And it's doing it again. Brady's, Brady's doing it again. And I'm frustrated because he, he said he was retiring. And they just I came know. back. Like, uh,
0: I, I fell I, for I the joke. So, I thought he really was. I, 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 I feel embarrassed that I fell for it. I tweeted so many nice things about <laughs> Tom Brady that now I have to go back and delete. I didn't <laughs> even uh, JC says Whitehead to the Jets was a sneaky good move for the Jets. Yeah, uh, the Jets made a couple of sneaky good moves that we don't have them with a graphic as a winner, but they've definitely been a winner. They, um, they, they've made some good. Jacob Harris, Harris is that his name? Jacob Martin, who's the edge rusher Martin. that they picked? Up. Jacob. And um, the two tight ends, Conklin and, and the tight ends. Conklin. Yeah, Conklin
3: and Azuma. Um, I've right. been very, I've been very high on this Jets free agency just because it feels. Not to say that they're going to now make the Super Bowl, but it feels very Bengals esque to last year in terms of just really throwing a lot of like mid level guys when you have a ton of problems, just bringing a lot of veteran presence to fix a lot of these issues, especially on the defensive side of things. I I love the move bringing in uh, Whitehead on the safety side of things and just the amount of like just the amount of bodies they've been able to throw this problem from a sheer like number side, plus the two first rounders they're going to have. I love just the foundation they're setting for the long-term in this. Yeah, and one of the signings
2: I really like, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets, not Jordan Whitehead, but DJ Reed at corner. Sign him away from the Seahawks. Yeah. DJ Reed is a really good corner. I think now you have a legitimate combo at corner with Thomas Hall and DJ Reed, and then you can have Jordan Whitehead, and you're essentially replace Marcus May with Jordan Whitehead, which I think is a very fair kind of commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're doing really good things on both sides yep. of the ball.
1: Right. And, and to be clear to contrast with a team that I think we'll be talking about in the losers, the price is right for these guys. They're not sort of like buying high at these guys. They're bringing in foundational guys for in the long term uh, in an affordable way that, that can kind of like, like reset the roster without blowing lots and lots of resources like another team might have.
0: Yes. Yeah. I got the term ball team. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be getting to the team. They're not one of our winners or our losers. They're our big question mark. But first, let's, let's talk about our losers. And if the Jets and Bills are winners, then a loser is, and both Mike and JP picked the same loser in free agency. Sorry, not JP, Sorry, Mike and Kale. Mike and Kale picked the same loser. And that is the New England Patriots. Which one of you wants to go first on the losses of the uh, New England Patriots?
1: Do you have an offensive coordinator yet?
0: No, there is no offense. Joe Judge, the, the, I the, guess. The rumor Literally. is that Belichick is going to uh, call his own plays. I heard. Oh, crazy, that would be helpful, right? How crazy. many caps
3: that is was... Bill Belichick going to wear between defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, of head coach, and GM? Yeah, yeah all he's going to win all of them. Eventually, he will outlive Robert
1: Kraft. <sighs> He'll own the team, the quarterback.
3: Oh, my God.
1: I heard Patricia was going to call the offensive <laughs> Oh my. That would be even worse. Right. Hilarious. But both no be, better than Joe Judge calling the plays.
2: I feel <sighs> like having Matt Patricia call plays is Bill Belichick just saying, F you, the entire league. I can do what I want. We're still going to win like eight games. It won't matter. We'll, we can trot out a training dummy to call plays. We're still going to win eight games. I'm Bill I'm, I can do what I want.
1: So what we have here, Shaq Mason gone for a fifth-round pick. The Patriots are trading Pro Bowl caliber linemen away so they can win rings with Tom Brady. Think about that for a second. Think of where the world has turned upside down like that.
0: I realize they're saving money by trading Shaq Mason. He was very expensive, but they could have saved that money by just not signing two expensive tight ends and then only using one at a time. Right.
3: Or But here's, here's my issue with that is they, you know – Miguel Benz and Pat's cap on Twitter laid out a ton of different moves for the Patriots to save cap space and create more cap space without getting into these void years and like with conversions and extensions, it's not, you know, crippling them for years down the road. And basically what they've done is they've traded an all pro caliber guard for a fifth round cut Kyle Van Noy and the Devin McCourty re-signing, I think saves them like 600 K on the cap. And outside of that, they they've done nothing. They've come into this with more well and they've traded than they one entered. Of
0: the top, one of the top five or ten cornerbacks in the league, J.C. Jackson, for Terrence Mitchell, who is a guy,
3: <laughs> a body, yeah. But they've they've entered, or, or they now have more holes to fill than what they entered free agency with. You know, now they have like multiple offensive line holes to fill. Uh, linebacker was already an issue cornerback was still an issue, but now it's worse and, and they still haven't addressed, you know, positions like wide receiver and edge rusher that we thought they were already going to be addressing.
0: Right. I forgot Ted Karras on the graphic, yes. by the way, they also lost Ted Karras. Ted so they Harris. lost both of last year's guards. One of them will be replaced by Michael. Uh, on one, on one, Okay. but the
3: other one, who knows? Who is admittedly really promising really, as an really offensive line prospect. Right. But and Trent Brown is
1: in the wind right now. Trent Brown is, yeah. Brown is in the wind. Trent Brown is in the wind. But, you know, you make you make sure you get McCordy back. I think McCourty can still play, but it's sort of like these legacy guys. You bring Slater back, um, which is not a terrible move, except that where, where are your priorities right now as a team? Are you bringing back the legacy guys, or are you trying to build for 2022? You lost your fullback along the way, which would normally be a, a, a no biggie, except that this team used that fullback a lot last year because mm-hmm. it was – very much a power running formation, so you lose your guards and your fullback. And again, we don't know who the play caller is, so it's not like, oh, this is that's different because Bill O'Brien's bringing his system in or whatever. So, you know, the, all I can look at this and say is, well, the answer I'm sure that if uh, more of the traditional Patriots media were here, not you, Aaron, but the really traditional ones, Belichick has a plan. Hush, because Belichick has a plan. That's. All we've got on this right now is that Belichick has a plan and that's fine. And oh, I agree.
0: People- Belichick has a plan. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> right. right.
3: And, and may- it- Maybe we've become not like, you know, one year of Belichick spending early and free agency has spoiled us, but this does typically fall in line with, you know, the last decade, decade and a half of and free agency spending, where he waits for the second round of or second wave of free agents. Yeah. He lets... All the big money get handed out in the first couple really? of days of free agency. Then he swoops in and makes some savvy deals. But this New England Patriots team isn't in a position to capitalize off savvy mid-level deals. They need names. They need big players to actually yeah. compete in the arms race that is this AFC. And maybe, maybe they're just punting on 2022 because they see all this cap leverage to this. They're definitely
0: not punting on 2022. Belichick <laughs> thinks he's Belichick thinks he's winning here. Belichick does not punt. On right I, especially at his age
3: it. he right. can't be yeah I don't know it's I I can't imagine that's what the issue is maybe you know it's an install year where they're assuming last year's free agents are now going to take steps and I don't know what they're going to do in the draft I can't imagine Belichick addresses this wide receiver need in the draft after missing on Nikhil Harry in 2019 or 2018 at this point I can't even remember uh 28 or 2019 but it's I can't imagine him addressing it now and assuming that you know he's going to take that risk in a position so deep but they now have way more holes to fill in this draft anyway and and the whole
1: and I think they will go bargain shopping and they'll, they'll probably do a pretty good job but you're you're absolutely right kale it's it's not just oh it's value added to our Super Bowl puzzle and therefore when we get the spare part it's great it's like you need these guys to step up. They're also going to be jumping into that pool with a lot of teams that have a lot of money and are waiting. There's a lot of teams sitting around waiting right now, as we sort of said early in the show, where there's a lot of free agents left. And you don't want to be going out there when the Bengals still have money to spend and and competing because now it's not, oh, come play with Tom Brady. It's come play with Joe Barrow. That's going to be a pitch that's going to move some of these guys.
0: JC says, you nailed it. The Pats like to shop in the bargain bin. And don't forget, by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch right now, you can comment and ask questions in the discussion thread. We do want to hear from you. Uh, Don't forget also to like and subscribe to the show, no matter where you're listening or watching us, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube or you're listening afterwards on the Football Outsiders podcast network. Uh, let's go to J.P.'s loser. J.P., your loser so far in free agency and the trade market is?
1: Yes. I think, it is I think the our Washington waits for us to announce.
2: <laughs> it's the biggest loser for me is the Washington. And it's because of Carson Wentz mainly. I, I just really don't understand why they would take higher – conch for a guy who is not good. Like, they're taking all $30 million for a guy who, okay, so he was the worst quarterback in the league on the Eagles. Brings him in on the Colts and says, yeah, yeah, I can fix him. Doesn't fix him. Now, you're going to be like, yeah, we can fix him.
0: That's the thing.
2: If Frank Wright couldn't fix him, that's (laughs) that's the the biggest can't fix Carson Wentz. Nobody's fixing Carson Wentz. It's just so many like it's the turnovers and the bad decisions. They continue to happen, and now he's not as lucky. Like that Super Bowl year where he played really well, that was a, real, that was a whole lot of like variance. Really crazy. Somehow it worked. out seen he tried to make those throws again, and they just didn't work. Never gonna bring him in to a team where you're possibly going to bring in, you're losing Brandon Sheriff, Eric Flowers. You try to bring in Andrew Norwell to try and replace Eric Flowers. That offensive line still is going to need help. That team's still number two. You lost Matt Ioannidis, who's a really, really important part of that defensive yeah. line rotation. You're going to lose Landon for This team's still in the holes, and now they don't have a lot of money to fix it because they're
1: paying car- I think we lost JP, but I think if we can finish his thought for him because they're paying Carson Wentz. <laughs> they are paying Carson Wentz. That's right. It's just
2: <laughs> it's just someone would take on that entire content. You couldn't get anything else? Sure, you sure you want Carson Wentz. Congrats. If you, you think you can be the guy to fix them, sure. But you're gonna take on all 30 million dollars in that contract and not make the Pay for it. Like, that's that is galaxy brain. Like, yeah, they they saw that last game against Jacksonville. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy that's our quarterback. And it, it says a lot about what they think of the upcoming quarterback club. Well, that they would take mm-hmm. on that, that entire Wentz contract, but still, like, he is. From everything that we've heard coming from Philly, coming from Indy, that not only is he not good, it's the locker room presence where he's not good and he know thinks he's really good and doesn't want to be coach, just really shows up on Sundays because he's not good. It's like
3: what are you doing? Why why I mean, Was- are you doing Washington with a notoriously great culture? Also, like <laughs> also- <laughs> Great <laughs> like approach. already bringing in a, you know, a bad locker room guy to be a leader when, you know, they've, they've already got a lot of locker room issues of their own already. It's, mm-hmm. I can't make any sense of this or any, it, it's, it's really damning when you realize that last year, the Eagles fleeced the Colts for the, you know, conditional first round pick they got for Carson Wentz. And now you're, you know, a year later, after the performance they had, the Colts are now fleecing the commanders with getting two thirds or a, a second swap in a third, like, yes, it is. is Trade value is absolutely deteriorated. It's shocking that you know the Colts if, were ma- able to make any sort of draft capital profit on this trade at all. Every time you get less
1: back for him, but it's still a fleecing,
3: yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> saying, no, this would be the last. Down
1: market, but it's still too much,
2: yeah, exactly.
3: You, this,
1: if, this, I would think, would be
2: the, the commander kind uh, of. If the commanders have kind of approached it to so that meme where, like, my work here is done, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do anything in free agency. But they're done right. because Carson, we have to pay Carson, $30 million, and that's it for free agency. You're you're done right. because you have to pay that guy. But right. at least yeah. his batches that he, the, you know, mm-hmm. dirt. Yep.
0: Let, let me sub in here with a team that's not one of our winners or losers, but just to get your guys' take on, because JC asks, I hope you can all help me understand what Seattle is doing. Uh, we didn't pick Seattle as one of our losers, but I mean, they're restarting. Yes. Basically, right? I mean, they're.
1: It, it's like they're rebuilding, but they're also retaining some of their guys. So part of it looks like, oh, this is a rebuild. They got the they got draft picks back, they got some next year asset draft picks back. Yeah. And then they you know, they retained uh, Sidney Jones and some other guys. So on that end, it makes sense. On the other hand, it's the Seahawks, and they're they're always going in two directions and making sort of goofy decisions in the draft, et cetera. We talked a little bit this on the draft show with Chad Writer, who I know is in the chat right now. And some folks uh, believe they're going to get the quarterback in the draft. I don't think they're going to get the quarterback in the draft. I think they're going to try and rebuild through the draft and then they're going to look at their options quarterback a year from now. But uh, it, it's hard. I mean, obviously we all heard these like positive pro drew lock statements um, yesterday. I think what we were hearing is press conference, positive drew lock statements, not like he's really our long-term starter statements, but we'll have to wait and see. Um,
3: I'm, for me, at least the, you know, I, I, I think the rebuild model would be fine if, what they got for Russell Wilson didn't basically cancel out what they lost in the Jamal Adams trade or what they paid in the Jamal Adams yeah. trade. It's kind of net zero with the only real turnover there being, uh, you know, Drew Locke, Noah Fan, Shelby Harris, and a couple day twos. It, it, it really hasn't shaken out well for what they're attempting to restock their roster with.
1: And they brought Nuoso in. I am I was just checking up on them. Yeah, got but
3: they,
0: they cut Benson Maioa. Is Nuoso yeah. that much better than Benson Maioa? I, don't know. I mean, they've got a very
1: specific type they like for their defense, but one of the issues we've had for the Seahawks for the last couple of years is they've got the types for this defense that doesn't really work anymore in the NFL unless your type turns into a Bobby Wagner and a Richard Sherman and an Earl Thomas and those guys aren't walking back through the door. So they, well, they don't
0: have the type. They have the types for the front seven, but they don't have the types for this defense for the secondary. They don't have a Richard Sherman. They don't have an Earl Thomas. They don't even right. have Camp Chancellor, right? Adams. That's is not really
1: a type. Defender. That's a Hall of Famer, is our type. That's not like a, a thing you go get, you
2: know? Um, CO will get. They switched up their defense by bringing in Clinton Hurt. They brought in those guys to kind of kind of swept up that defense i think they understand that that's not going to work anymore bobby wagner's gone nope none of them are walking through that door anymore but i knew what seahawks were doing like on one hand i feel like yeah they can try and rebuild the draft find the quarterback on the other hand i keep thinking like hey that line in seattle we can get a little crazy but i don't know i, I honestly don't know what the seahawks are doing
0: C.O., we're going to get to Jacksonville in a second, but first let's hit the team that I have as my loser. And sorry, Patrick, it's not the Chiefs, so we don't have the Chiefs on our loser list. My team that is a loser in free agency is the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Ooh.
1: Ooh.
0: How about the Cowboys? Do you know what they've added? None. It's none. The, we, we, <laughs> I don't know anything in particular of value that they've added. What they've lost is... I mean, yes, they re-signed Michael Gallup. Hopefully, he's healthy for week one. But by having to trade away Amari Cooper and then losing Cedric Wilson, you now have your three-wide set is now CeeDee Lamb, great, Michael Gallup, hopefully healthy, and Noah Brown. Uh, Lose Randy Gregory, and uh, that's a big loss. Ah, uh, Blake Jarwin's a medium loss. Xavier Woods, Connor Williams. It's just a lot of losses without adding things, and they just cut Lael Collins. Says Brian, they must have just yep. done that afternoon on the air. They they can't even try to trade
1: partners.
0: They tried to trade Lael Collins, but they couldn't. Nobody would take the contract. That's one where the Bengals should have just thrown up. A- fifth round pick at them and see I I I agree with you I would if I'm the Bengals I would have just I would have just thrown but you know what the Bengals must think we can just go out and sign him now that's it but now they're in a pool with lots of other people thinking the Patriots if I'm the Bengals I would have thrown a sixth or something and tried to get him
1: right of course they might have done that and Jeremiah doesn't for some reason said no and just eaten this contract and you're right this is that's a lot of losses for a team that's Supremacy in the NFC East and the fact that they're a Super Bowl contender was supposed to be built on that offense. Now, of course, it was more about the defense. But you know, you lose Gregory, and you haven't right.
0: The defense is going to regress a little bit. I don't think you know. It's there's no way around that. Obviously, heavily dependent on turnovers. Yes. The offense was heavily about that three wide receiver set. The three wide receiver set is gone now. Two tight end set too. Yeah, I mean they 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 need pieces. Right. And I
2: really do think that Randy Gregory, uh, losing out Randy Gregory is going to hurt them on defense. Especially because the way they use Parsons is kind of a chess piece. Move, moving them all four downs and having DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory on both edges. Now you have to either find a guy to, to put on the other side of Marcus. You move Michael Parsons edge on third down. Which, really, like maybe it'll work but you'd much rather have that guy so you can use michael's versatility to i mean they do
0: have the terrell extent. basham but they want more than that yeah so you grab a jobo
1: in the draft because yeah, you know, it's the cowboys are going to take an edge rusher it's going to be a big name major program edge rusher let's throw a jobo in there in the draft all right so you kind of solved that problem you still have all these problems on offense along the way and you're right aaron it was so turnover heavy on defense that the idea that you're just going to run it back and have that kind of success is very unlikely. Even with Carson once, twice a year, it's it's very unlikely.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, no one in the NFC East has been back to back division winners since the Eagles did it in 2001 to 2004. And if, you know, I don't think the Cowboys are doing a good job of trying to, you know, retake that mantle, but also no one in the NFC East is really trying to challenge them much either on it. It's right. I I'm, I'm pretty like the Amari Cooper thing. I understand from a contract perspective, but you are really losing a lot of the offensive firepower you could have had. And mm-hmm. you have to assume there's going to be some sort of defensive regression in there just after the pretty anomalous season that they ended up getting out of Javon Diggs and some of the other secondary members in there. And, you know, losing Xaver Woods also hurts a lot. Too. Mm-hmm. It's it's, I can't imagine they, Seemed like contenders when the NFC was a two and a half team race between the Rams, Packers, and kind of Cowboys. But now, with still some top in town, Brady coming back, you know, potentially Deshaun Watson coming into the mix as well. It's it's looking pretty grim for Dallas right now.
0: Yeah. They also have some other prospective starters that are still free agents and who it doesn't look like they're bringing back, including Jaron Kurse mm. and DeMonte Casey and Leighton Vander Esch and, um, Keanu, keanu neal so and that's like the entire middle back going
1: in their defense i i think Rush is gone so maybe one or two of those guys come back along the way this somehow ends with the giants winning the nfc east this year I mean,
0: oh. that's,
3: that's, that's, that's how this
1: is keeping up it's like, oh, yeah, that hey. would be a
3: hell of a win for good coaching daniel jones <laughs> redemption arc that's what does that entail
1: or the Tyrod Taylor redemption. No, it's the Daniel Jones. Redemption. But it, it, will not, it will not be because the Giants are good. It will be because it will be a three-way dumpster fire. The Eagles will somehow trip over this idea that, hey, we're okay and have three draft picks and now we have a Hassan Riddick. They will trip over themselves. Washington, we know what's going to happen there, and the Cowboys screw this up. And the Giants, eight and nine their way up to success.
0: See yeah. how the legend says, I'll say this about the Giants. I do like the Brian Dable and Wink Martindale yeah. hires. Well, that's why yeah, I fun. said it's a big win for coaching. Because if the Giants win the division, that's because they're unbelievably well coached.
1: <laughs> right. And and all those guys and Joe Sheen is clearly like, all right, we're, we're rebuilding. We're not going to say the word rebuilding. We're reshuffling. We're not spending goofy money. We're trying to clean our cap up. So the reason I like them is because they're taking their time, not doing anything goofy. If that somehow turns into a win, I'm being facetious because that turns into a win. It is, it's great coaching and also some train wrecks all around the division.
2: If the Giants win the division this year, give Brian Dayball the next five coach of the year <laughs> awards. That that team is not good right now. They win the division. No, Brian Dayball not. needs to be <laughs>
0: Let, let's talk about one more team that we don't know. Uh, I don't know if you would call them a winner or a loser because they're definitely better now than they were before free agency. But oh my God, did they have to spend a lot of money to make it happen? And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, man. First? The guy oh, who man. wouldn't
1: wear the guy who wouldn't wear his Jacksonville Jaguars beanie goes first. JP, what do you got? All
2: right, sure. So, <laughs> I mean, I really like these players. Darius Williams is a good addition to the Jaguars defense. Flare Olakun is a good addition to the Jaguars defense. Oli Fadukasi, they're good. As- Christian Kirk is an addition to an offense at a position that they really needed. But why do they have to pace away? Like that's that's really my biggest thing. And I know a lot of the contracts are like. For Christian Kirk's deal. It's really two years, seven million guaranteed. There's an out after the second year. Same right. thing with Olo Kuhn and Scherf. And I felt like they understood that they were gonna have to pay a lot of money to these guys. And I think the main reason is because just look at Jacksonville. They're they're kind of a dumpster. Fire. They didn't have a coach for like 48 days after they hired <laughs> after they fired Urban Meyer. They still have Trent bulky around and I really think that's the reason why so much. Because in order to get guys to come to Jacksonville, they were going to have to pay a really a lot of money. And that don't, I guess that's the brakes, but in doing that you're gonna lose guys like DJ Chark, um Miles Jack, the cat casualties. Yeah, I'm really sorry hurt. I
0: left him off the graphic, but uh, uh Miles, Miles Jack, Jack is also a- that's still a good player to, have to I cut think him for salary cap reasons is wacko.
1: Right,
0: he's a good player. I think a lot of what
2: happened with him in Jacksonville was moving the green dot on and off of him, and turning him from the mic into the will back back into the will. That really kind of messed him up. And mm-hmm. again, like they reset the wide receiver market with Christian Kirk's deal. I wasn't. I didn't think they're going to reset the market with Christian Kirk. Yeah, like right. I. Like, okay, I, I figure they're gonna reset the market receiver. They need a receiver, they're going to pay a lot of money for a receiver. Christian Kirk, okay. But now the biggest thing is you're putting a a lot of stress on that receiver you put pick up in the draft because they need an outside receiver. This this roster right now is Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, Levisca Chenault, and Marvin Jones. Marvin that Jones. Jones? Right?
0: Don't yeah. don't sleep on Marvin Jones. Right. That's
2: four slot receiver Marvin Jones. going and Evan Ingram the a big slot receiver. They're just gonna line him up like back in the, in the slot, like EFL. They they're gonna buy stress on that outside receiver they pick up in the draft to be their number
1: one, to be their number one receiver. I'm and it's it's gonna ask a lot of that guy. Brian Knowles was talking about the Balky buck. Uh, which is like the Doge coin of uh, of, uh, of South Florida, Florida. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know the worst uh, the, the worst cryptocurrency in the world, the balky Buck. Here. here, here's the thing: you talk about uh, you know these deals; they're only two year deals. And you're right, JPay. It's like if you're the Jaguars, and you, you should be looking for fundamental pieces. You shouldn't be saying, oh, it's a two-year contract. You should be like, we're on a two-year rebuild. If we're getting a young player in here that we believe in, let's extend him. Let's let's get a guy who deserves four, five, six real years on a contract. But instead of doing that, you've got all of these, uh, these deals. And Evan Ingram's a good example because I was talking to people on Twitter about it. And it's like, oh, you know, the pass-dropping thing, that's kind of a New York Giants meme, et cetera. Okay, fair enough. If Ingram balls out, you only got him on a one-year contract. So what are you doing? Renting Evan Ingram? If you think this is a young player that we think we can solve his hands problem, he's going to be the safety valve for Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be like the tight end that comes up and becomes his George Kittle or whatever, or Travis Kelce, whatever you think he's going to be. Then pay him. Then pay him that. If you don't think he can be that, don't sign him for a one-year expensive prove-it deal. If you don't think he's that guy, go get Greg Dolchik in the second round of the draft and try to make him that guy. None of these moves make logical sense beyond – we stuck duct tape on this situation for one year at a premium price, and we're going to figure this out again in two years if we manage to get to seven and 10 or eight and nine.
0: I Darius mean- Williams. Darius Williams signed a three year deal, and he is still a young guy. That's one that's, that's right. not just a prove it deal. That's a like, right. you're going to be around here for a while deal. And right. Shirk doesn't right. be here around for, for a while, deal. Yeah. although Shirt is not a. He's going to be. Here. Yeah, I think the Darius Williams signing is really interesting because.
2: He hasn't played a lot of apps in the slot, and I think they're they're signing him to be the slot corner because Justin Campbell's not he's not a slot corner. Shaq Griffin is not a slot corner, so you paid a lot of money. Now you have three outside guys. Maybe Williams going to hope it works. I mean, I like I like the players. Let me get let me get out. I like the players with the exception of Zay Jones. I was like, eh, okay, sure. I like the players in essence. <laughs> Paying that much money for them is really kind of—it's a little scary to me because I think Steven Ruiz put out a great story of the Ringer today, where he's basically saying like, "Yeah, these are like they're fine, like players to sign, but Trevor Lawrence is going to get a big extension coming up. You're gonna have to pay him a lot of money, and you're gonna be on the books for a Darius Williams and a Brandon Scherf (laughs) and a Christian Kirk for a long time. You're you're essentially backing yourself up against the cap." Or Christian Kirk and Oye Olukun, who are good players, but I don't know players you've up against the cap for.
1: Yeah, you and you even with signing even, yeah. with signing,
2: even with yeah. signing Olukun, you had to let go of Miles Jack. So you still right. have you still have holes along that defense at edge rusher, at linebacker now because you don't have a Miles Jack at safety. Now you, you still have who's along the offensive line. Right. You reach. Sign cam Robinson. you're you're and i think balker balky and uh i think balky said that they're going to work on an extension which is
3: like sure
1: okay that's
2: nuts yeah. but tagging him that, didn't make yeah. a lot of
3: sense to begin with i mean
1: it, yeah ta- tagging him made sense because you were going to lose norwell you were going to lose cam and you're uh can yeah. and it's like all right we're going to make sure that we have like a guy Someone, yeah. that we can count on but like extending him and saying like oh this is the one of our foundational pieces that's that's banana pants and you know in terms of the cap yeah you should be banking a chunk of your cap at this point it's like okay trevor lawrence is cheap we're a rebuilding year we're going to grab some pieces let's bank some cap for 2023 so we can be bold in the future not just like we've got it now let's spend it now let's make it make sure it's pooped through a goose here with this money because that's what they've been doing for the last 12 years and it hasn't worked and it's, it's perpetually kept them as a five win six win team in a state of rebuilding
3: I'll say this about the receiving core and just the skill position players they've accrued. Objectively, this is a better unit than last year in terms of the special yeah. receivers. That being said, yeah. they're paying a lot of wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes like wide receiver ones. And, and it like the money on this doesn't make sense. Also, shout out to Derek Carr, who for the second year in a row got a receiver a bag off of one year of yeah. positive play. Nelson yeah. Aguilar, now Zay Jones. I, I mean... Hats off to the guy to help it out and his buddies. <laughs> and then Derrick Carr is the ultimate team guy. But you're right. They have
2: a lot of – they're paying a lot of size. They have a lot of slot receivers. That's like, I mean, Marvin Jones and Laquan Treadwell are really the only outside guys. But this is an to inside. Christian Kirk is better on the inside. It's just – Look, Interesting, to say the least.
1: Laquan Treadwell is an, should be an outside of the NFL guy. I'm just pointing that out right now. And do you remember? Do you remember the Nick Foles Eagles offense where everything was RPOs going into the slot? Aguilar on one side, Ertz on the other, and everything would. Bit, 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 bit. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of, and I, I can see that as a building block thing for Trevor Lawrence. But you want to be able to extend out of that in, in the foreseeable future, and not spend a ton of money to create that.
2: This is my extremely coping voice here. McCoy Treadwell didn't Hope. play that bad last year. I'm <coughs> coping really bad right now. He, he wasn't that bad last year.
3: I'll was, let you talk he, yourself into it. It's, he was object- <laughs> you need objectively, something. Objectively,
2: objectively, he was probably the second best receiver on this team. <laughs> and <laughs> Tavon
1: Austin was the third best. So. That, that sounds really bad, but like he he blocked really well. He managed to catch the ball
2: I'm sold. If, they, if he can cast the ball, okay, I'm coping
0: at this point. <laughs> I just need receivers who can catch at this point. <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: All right. That finishes it up for this show. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. Uh, still plenty of free agency left to do, so we'll be back next Thursday hot, hot, talking about probably Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded by then, I would think. Yep. Uh, thank you to Kale. Thank you to JP. Thanks as always to Mike. Thank you to all of you for watching and listening. Uh, don't forget about the draft show with Mike and Derek Klassen Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll be back next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy the rest of free agency. So long, everybody. Try not to cope too much.